This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 23, Tony's Gobbly Good Thanksgiving. The Culver family farm was a magical place in the fall. Rolling green hills surrounded the red barn, while maple, dogwood, and hickory trees flashed their best colors, red, yellow, and orange. Nearby, a stream babbled along rocks at the edge of the property, and the little white farmhouse stood on the highest hill overlooking the pasture. 
The Culver family weren't the only ones living on the farm. Their animals kept them busy most of the year and could be found wandering about the property on most days. There was Reyna, the motherly red hen who tasked herself with making sure the other animals stayed out of trouble. Pat, the potbelly pig, who spent his days rolling around in mud and, like a guard dog, oinked at everything that moved in the forest. Gabe, the goat, was a big goof. He took pride in his accurate impersonations of the other animals and loved to play practical jokes on the culvers. He regularly took big bites out of the pies they'd set out to cool on the windowsill, or make obnoxious screaming noises that sounded human enough to make Mr. Culver come running out to see who was in danger. Maria the mouse was a scavenger and brought new treats from the woods back to the barn each night for everyone to share. And then there was Horace, the white and brown spotted horse. He was old and tired, but always liked to give the other farm animals rides on his back as the Culvers didn't seem to find much time to ride him anymore. Sometimes on chilly nights, the rest of the animals would snuggle up in beds of hay in the barn and listen as he told exciting cowboy stories from his days out west. The lamplight would cast big shadows on the walls as he reenacted the exciting scenes. Life was good on the Culver farm, and no one ever wanted for anything. That is, until Tony arrived. One crisp fall morning, as the fog thinned in the sunlight, the youngest of the Culver boys brought a big turkey into the barn. Here it is, Tony, your new home, the boy said, setting the bird down. I know Mom said not to name you, but I couldn't help it. Hope you like it here. Tony, with his poofy brown and charcoal feathers, looked around unimpressed as the boy shut the barn door behind him. His tail feathers spread out like a fan, and he strutted through the room, considering the old barn and the small group of animals. His beak pecked at the loose straw in disgust. Welcome to the farm, Raina the hen clucked pleasantly. She approached the turkey, but he held up a wing to stop her. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> there are chickens in this place, Tony said. No, 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 I don't do chickens. The poop on the ground, the noisy laying, the non-stop clucking, nah. You probably got little chicks wandering around too, don't ya? Ugh, I don't want them anywhere near me. They like to peck at my feet. Tony raised his beak high with a snort and shook his feathers at the thought. Reyna and the rest of the animals were speechless. The chicks were here in the spring, but they're all grown up now, Raina finally said. I take it you're not from a farm? Heck no, Tony replied. I'm from up north, the foothills. I'm a free bird. I roamed the forests with my lady friends, you know, looking for berries and stuff. Then all of a sudden, whammo, I'm snatched up and dropped off here. He gave the barn another disgusted look. How do you live like this? We live quite well, thank you very much, Maria the Mouse retorted, scurrying over and twitching her nose up at him. I think you'll find it much more comfortable if you just give it a chance, Horace the Horse assured him. 
We've got plenty of food and space, and the Corvus take mighty good care of us. Just stay away from my mud pit. It took me months to get it just right, Pat the pig oinked. Raina gave him a stern look. Well, you can maybe take a dip every once in a while. With supervision, that is, he corrected. Baby chickens by your feet, Gabe the goat shouted. Yeah, get them away, Tony cried, jumping up on one foot. Gabe's goatee bounced as he laughed. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, you're going to be a fun one, all right. Tony glared at him. Hilarious, he said dully. He looked at the rest of the group. I assume there's some shed or forest cabin that's been set aside for my accommodations? If you can show me to it, that'd be gobbly good. I'm afraid this is it, Raina told him. If you follow me, I can help you make up a bed in the back of the barn. You can take some of my straw if you'd like, and Horace, I'm sure, would be happy to share his carrots with you. You must be awfully hungry after such a long journey. Tony's blue head swung back. A bed of straw? Back there? By you? No, thank you. Surely I'll be able to find somewhere more suitable. And yes, I am famished. But I'd eat slop before I would ever dream of touching a carrot. No offense, he added, nodding to the pig. Pat snorted indignantly. With a gobble and an exaggerated bounce of his feathered backside, Tony turned and strutted out of the barn. Tony never found that shed or the creekside cabin he was looking for, so he made do by cozying up in the doghouse near the barn. As you can imagine, Dax the sheepdog was not too happy about this. He tried to protest, but Tony threw such a gobbling fit that the poor dog gave up and slept in the old barn with the rest of the animals. And that was just the beginning of it. Every day, from sun up to sundown, Tony waltzed around the farm complaining about everything he laid eyes on. You call that a cornfield? Oh, this looks like a backyard garden compared to the farms up north. What do you have to do to get a decent meal around here? He'd say, scoffing at the Culver's crops. Or, when are they going to put heaters in my room? I'm freezing my gizzard off in there. And the one that really got on everyone's nerves? It's drafty in here. This barn makes junk piles look cozy. I don't know how any respectable animal could call such a place home. Gabe the goat about kicked him through the window for that one. But Raina stopped him, of course. She had a way of bringing everyone to their senses. Except for Tony. No matter how hard she tried, she couldn't figure out how to get through to that turkey. Most of her day was spent talking the other animals out of kicking him over the barn roof. To make matters worse, the Culvers had started putting out extra food just for Tony. His trough was more full than horses and almost double the size of Pat's. Mm, that's gobble good, <laughs> he'd say with a mouthful of corn as he bounced by the other animals. This really soured the mood in the barn. What does he get all the special treatment? Pat oinked. Now, now, Pat, you're given plenty of slop to fill your belly, Raina reminded him. Can't recall a day that's gone by that you haven't had more than enough food. He won't even let me eat his leftover crumbs, cried Maria the mouse. 
Says they make a nice soft carpet in the doghouse. He likes the way they feel under his toes. You get plenty of crumbs from the Culvers, Raina told her. Tony, meanwhile, reveled in the extra attention. He liked to make a point of parading his now fat, feathered body around the barn, waving his extra food around for all to see. Most of it, shockingly, made it into his mouth, and as a result, the turkey had become so fat he could barely hobble around the farm. Within a couple weeks, he'd swelled to the size of Pat, fat enough to make his once long tail feathers look like a couple of stray hairs. Tony tried to ignore the fact that just waddling over to the barn to gloat took up a day's worth of energy. The other animals would hear him wheezing his way over to the barn until he squeezed through the door and struggled breathlessly to get his complaints and insults out. Raina was starting to feel bad for him. Unlike the other animals who quietly took satisfaction in seeing Tony like this, she wished there was some way she could help him. She wondered how she could make him see that his life was exceptionally good. The other animals knew they lived a cushy life. They knew the Culvers took great care of them. So why couldn't he see that? Up at the farmhouse, the Culvers were preparing for their annual Thanksgiving feast. The smells of cooked potatoes and fresh fruit pies wafted down the hill to the barn. The animals loved Thanksgiving just as much as the Culvers because they knew that even though Mr. and Mrs. Culver strictly forbade it, the little Culver children would come running down the hill later that evening with platefuls of leftovers to share with the animals. Horace looked forward to the candied yams. Gabe couldn't wait to dig into leftover pie. Maria always stored stuffing to snack on for weeks. For Raina, it was the warm dinner rolls, and Pat liked to mix it all up together and scarf it down in big, messy bites. Eh, I've smelled better, Tony the turkey snorted. Up in the foothills, we'd get... He was cut short as the barn door opened behind him. Standing in the doorway was Mr. Culver holding a big cage. Before Tony could react, the cage was slammed down over him and locked. What's going on? Help! Help! Get me out! Tony gobbled, waving the tiny wings protruding out of his enormous body. His struggle was nothing compared to Mr. Culver's. The poor man heaved the cage out of the barn with two hands and practically dragged it back up the hill to the farmhouse. The rest of the animals in the barn stared after them, stunned. Of course! Why didn't I think of it before? Raina said as she watched Mr. Culver set the cage down outside the back door and head into the house. What's going on? Maria asked. They're going to cook him. He's the Thanksgiving turkey. Gabe wasn't moved. Oh well, less leftovers to share. Raina pecked his foot. Ouch! He's going to be the leftovers, Horace cried. No, this won't do, Raina said. We can't let this happen to one of our own. Pat the pig winced. We're getting pretty loosey-goosey with the term one of our own. What would you want us to do if they planned to turn you into their summer barbecue, Pat? Pat shrugged uncomfortably. Raina looked at the rest of them. No matter how annoying, no matter how ungrateful, no matter how unbearable that turkey has been these last couple of weeks, you all know we can't just stand by and let this happen. With a considerable amount of groans, the other animals agreed and huddled around the red hen to hear her plan. 
Gabe, we'll need that tofu you have hidden in the stable. Oh, I've been saving that for my after-feast diet. Go, Raina ordered. Gabe bleated at her and stomped <laughs> off. Pat, go get your feet nice and muddy. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Horace, put on your best saddle. Right away. <laughs> Maria, go fetch that toothpick you've been using to scratch your back with. Aye, aye, Captain. Meanwhile, up on the farmhouse back porch, Tony shivered in his cage. He could hear the voices of the Culvers laughing and singing inside the house. By now, he'd realized he was to be part of the celebration, and not in a gobbly good way. He whimpered in the cold, cramped cage and thought about all the things he'd been complaining about. He imagined the animals, warm and safe back in the barn. He imagined the food they were fed, the beautiful pasture they enjoyed together, the friendship they had offered him. Now that he was about to become the main dish, he realized how good he had it. Wait till you see this turkey, Merva, he heard a voice say inside. It's as big as a Macy's Parade balloon. You'll be lucky to fit it in the oven. We'll stop yapping about it and bring it in. That bird won't cook itself, came Mrs. Culver's voice. Tony gulped. He heard footsteps coming from behind him. He turned and saw Raina and the barnyard crew running up the hill. What are you? Shh, we're here to get you out. Raina whispered. Step back! Tony gobbled nervously and did his best to shrivel his enormous body to the far side of the cage as Maria the Mouse approached with the toothpick. I'm going, I'm going, came Mr. Culver's voice just beyond the back door. The door started to open. Raina nodded to pat the pig. Now, she said. As soon as the door opened a crack, Pat pushed his chubby pink body into the house. What the? Mr. Culver jumped back against the wall. Pat squealed and ran through the house with his muddy feet. Mr. Culver shouted and chased after him. Go, Maria, Raina ordered. Maria jammed the toothpick into the cage's lock. With her tongue sticking out to the side, she concentrated on the tiniest of sounds as she wiggled the toothpick around. Click! The lock popped free and Raina opened the cage door. Come on, we gotcha, Raina said, reaching for Tony. Tony grabbed onto her wings and was yanked out. He rolled out of the opening like a feathered butterball. Raina looked back at the goat. Gabe, the tofurkey! Gabe pushed a fake turkey molded out of his tofu into the cage, and Raina quickly poked it with spare feathers of her own. Within seconds, it looked like a convincing turkey dummy. Once it was ready and in position, Maria shut the cage door and locked it. Chaotic shouts and oinks were still coming from inside the house. Gabe, help me get him on Horace, Raina said. She and Gabe heaved Tony onto the horse's saddle. Ride, she clucked, giving Horace's leg a few pecks. Horace whinnied, and the brown and white horse galloped down the hill. Tony held on to his mane for dear life. And now, Raina cued Gabe, who started gobbling like a turkey, his most impressive impersonation yet. That was Pat's signal. The pig came barreling out the front door, followed by Mrs. Culver's swinging broom. Mr. Culver's angry footsteps approached the back door. When it swung open, he found the convincing fake turkey sitting motionless in the cage. Mr. Culver raised an eyebrow at the white tofurkey. 
Ah, fiddlesticks. I left it outside too long and now it's frozen stiff, he shouted back into the house. Guess we'll just have to cook it longer then, Mrs. Culver called back to him. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Culver grumbled as he brought the cage into the house. It feels lighter too. Well, you're not carrying it uphill anymore, Arthur. The door closed. Raina and Gabe chuckled behind the bushes. At the bottom of the hill, Tony bounced on horse's back and took in the sweet taste of freedom. The cold wind blowing through his feathers never felt so good. He smiled at the beautiful barn as they passed it. He gobbled gleefully at the wonderful rows of corn. When they reached the bottom of the hill, Horace came to a stop at the edge of the forest. Following close behind, Raina and the other animals came running down the hill. Good work, gang! Raina cheered as she flew up to them. I can't believe they bought it, <laughs> Gabe laughed. That was close, Pat oinked. I haven't gotten that much exercise in years. I've never seen the Culver so confused, Maria giggled. Tony shook his head at the group. I don't understand. Why did you come to my rescue? I've been horrible to all of you. You were a little rough around the edges, Horace admitted. But that's not reason enough to abandon you. We take care of each other here on the farm, and we're glad we could help. Tony smiled. Well, thank you. Being in that cage made me realize how good I've had it here. I have a lot to be grateful for, starting with my friends. Raina put a wing around him. Count your blessings, Tony. You're one lucky turkey. That I am. Thank you all again. He turned towards the forest. You will come back to visit, won't you? Raina asked. Tony looked back at her. Sounds gobbly good to me. And with that, he waddled off into the trees. Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed this special Thanksgiving story that is all about gratitude. I love this holiday. Thanksgiving is a chance to slow down, sit back, and look around at all the amazing blessings you have in your life. Rocketeers, all of us have so much to be grateful for. Tell your parents thank you for all their hard work at their job, in the home, taking care of you. Trust me, I know being a parent is hard, and so is being a kid. So parents, you should thank your kids for being amazing and for working hard to be good kids. There are a couple quotes that I really like that I want to share with you. The first one is from Oprah Winfrey. She said, be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. That is so true. When we stop and recognize what we already have, you're going to realize how lucky you are. And this quote is from William Arthur Ward. He said, Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. 
I love that. I'm going to say it again. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. That's a super appropriate quote for this time of year when we do give each other presents around the holidays. But how silly would it be to go out and get these special presents, wrap them, and never give them to the person? It's important to not only think about all the things you're grateful for, but to also express it. Go tell people thank you. Count your blessings, Rocketeers. I want to give you a special challenge this Thanksgiving. This week, I want you to make a list of everything you're grateful for. Sit down at the table, take a pen and paper, and write down each thing you're grateful for. I'm grateful for my mom and dad. I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for our food. Whatever it is, sit down and make a list. And I promise that as you look over that list, you're going to realize what a good life you have. Rocketeers, happy Thanksgiving. I'm so grateful for all of you for listening to this show. And just the fact that we have this community and we're enjoying these stories together means a lot to me. And of course, I'm extremely thankful for my family and the sacrifice that they make so that I can tell these stories. I have to take time away from them to write them and record them and to share them with you. And so I'm so grateful for their sacrifice. Okay, Rocketeers, that's it for this week. Don't forget to tune in next time. This is your host, Greg Webb.